Welcome to the Tactics Meeting. I'm your host, Dan Smiley. And here on episode 23, I've taken an excerpt from a talk that I gave at the BC States Task Force webinar on the future of virtual command post for exercises and drills, and I'm presenting it to you here. It's a little different format. I don't have anybody to interview today, but for what it's worth, here's my two cents on the future of virtual command posts as we move forward. Hope you enjoy it. Um, I think this webinar series is an excellent opportunity to help us craft response tactics and strategies as we come out of this COVID-19 pandemic lockdown and kind of into a, an uncertain future. As counties and states lock down, prohibiting groups and people from gathering in person, we in the response community really still had to find a way to fulfill our response and, and planning obligations. And we did that by leveraging existing technologies that had not been well adopted up to that point. And we developed some new processes that allowed for implementation of the incident command post without geographic boundaries. And it's not just response, you know, we've made remote work succeed in our daily lives. You know, we figured it out. And now it's just standard operating procedure for all of us. You know, my sister-in-law who worked for almost 30 years at, at King County, well, has worked for 30 years at King County, now works remotely full-time uh, from her vacation home in Parkdale, Oregon. She sold her house in Seattle and is going to continue to work remotely uh, until she re retires. So this, you know, remote work is, is really here to stay. Oh, we don't really think about putting people into spaces anymore. I do all my, my meetings online, teaching online, things like this webinar online. So being in person is it's really more of a human factor and, and, and not a, a technical one. There's no technical barriers for us working in this way. So the question that uh, Linda and Nee uh, asked me to speak to today was, do we now go back to business as usual with 100% face-to-face -face participation in the command post. And, and Allison's already given uh, her opinion. Do we abandon the virtual incident command post that we've developed to cope with the pandemic? And I think the answer is a resounding, it depends. Um, yes. Of, of, of course, we're, we're going to go back to face-to-face -to -face command posts. In, in truth, they've never really gone away. You know, I've done a number of responses since the pandemic began, and all of them 
had some uh, face-to-face component, but some of the positions were supported remotely. So do we all come back to the command post? Does every position need to be co-located? And the answer to that, you can guess, is a resounding no. We, we don't need to do that. Not every position needs to be co-located. Many of the tasks that need to be completed during a response at the command post level be accomplished or supported remotely. And they should be. They should be. Positions like those in the finance and logistics sections are tailor-made for remote support. You know, if I'm working on the burn rate, I'm much more productive sitting in my office with my two 20-inch monitors and my fast internet connection and my Keurig coffee maker than I am sitting in some hard little conference chair at the end of the banquet table using my phone as the hotspot because there's not enough bandwidth in the command post for me to get on the internet. And I, I know you all know what I mean. We, we've, all, we've all been there. Over this last year, year and a half, really, I've been able to design and execute four virtual worst case exercises with participation of over 100 people, and in a couple of cases, well, well over, along with a whole slew of smaller exercises. The exercises have used Zoom or Teams, GoToMeeting, WebEx, GoToTraining, in one case, Google Hangouts, which wasn't the best. And the thing that I found to be universally true is the same thing it's true with these in-person events. The success or the failure was utterly dependent on the preparation and training that went into the event and not on the platform that was used. And thank you to Agnita Dahl for coming in and helping me put together the WISMIC worst case tabletop exercises. Her support was invaluable. That's not to say that there haven't been platforms that stood out above the others. You know, I think everybody can agree that, that in many ways, Teams has been the, the standout for virtual command posts. And it's the platform that I intend to use going forward. But that's not what, I, what I'm here to talk about. What I'm here to talk about is, can we continue to use the remote support tools that we have developed going forward? And the answer is, yeah, of course we can. And it's not theoretical. 
During the Aleutian Falcon Fire in Tacoma, Washington, earlier this year, we did have an in-person command post with the Unified Command, our OSRO, the Salvage Marine Firefighting Contractor, but resources were tracked remotely by Gen West using WorldTrack Web. As a matter of fact, resource tracking was started in WorldTrack Web by MSRC. And when activated, Gen West came in and took over the same file. So there was no duplication of effort and we didn't miss a beat. You could have done the same thing starting to track resources in an IEP software. The, the platform is not the important part. But COP was also managed remotely for the Aleutian Falcon. It was done from New Mexico by NJ Resources' own Larry Ryan, who rocked it, by the way. If you wanna see how to do a common operating picture, uh, he's your guy, give, give Larry a jingle. Documents were also managed remotely. The firefighting plan, the salvage plan were all distributed and approved within Microsoft Teams. And even those people who were physically present in the command post all got a Teams login so that they had access to documents, to the resource tracking, to the common operating picture. And we're doing the same thing with remote support every day on the Golden Ray response and salvage in Georgia. And they've been doing that for oh, a year and a half now, going on, going on two years. So remote support in command post is here to stay. This is simply what we are doing. I mean, that, that ship has sailed, that, that pie has been baked. But what will it look like? Is it a hybrid where we allow some people to log in to get files and look at the cop? As has been the case in a number of the drills that we've done, or will it be full participation from outside of the command post? And this is the same question that's being asked of organizations that are putting on events and conventions. Do we go back to face-to-face? -face? Do we do a completely virtual event? And that's what Apple decided to do for its worldwide developer conference this year. They went 100% virtual. And the result has been tens of thousands of participants instead of hundreds of participants. So there's advantages there. Do we do a hybrid? where we have people who are face-to-face, -face, but we try to let some people participate from outside, kind of a, a half and half, which in many cases results in the worst of both worlds. Actually, what I'm gonna be proposing today is, a, is another alternative, which I call digital first events. They're designed to be done online and can still be participated in person. Our goal is to make people logging in feel like they're there and not 
shunted off to the side, sitting at the kiddies table. In a hybrid event, we conduct activities exactly the same way we would face-to-face. -face. We try to share the experience with online attendees. We stick a couple of cameras up in the back and we hope the microphone is good enough that people are gonna hear. And it's not very satisfactory for those tuning in remotely. So we need to focus on remote participants. And here are some pointers for doing that in, in no particular order. Meetings have to all be conducted online. You know, the meeting invites go out online. Even the participants who are in person are logged in to the meeting. In fact, I did, I did a training earlier in the, in the week where we had a number of people all in, in uh, one space for the online training, but they still logged in with their own uh, laptops, their own devices so that they could be on camera, although the audio came out separately. So they, they had their camera and they had headphones on so they could hear the audio um, and they, had a, uh, they would turn on and off their mic. So it worked pretty well. So even though they were in the same room, they had really good participation. So setting up those meetings so that they're, they're always online. And this is gonna mean setting up the meeting room with this kind of uh, high-tech meeting environment in mind. I'm looking forward to doing one for Columbia Pacific Biorefining on September 30th in Portland, where we're going to do exactly that. In this environment, all the documents are stored online. So even once, even if you're handing in a hard copy to the documentation, it scans and goes into Teams or it goes into SharePoint or it goes wherever ever it is. And it's, it's still owned by the documentation unit leader. But to make this work, we have to have a new position in the staffing. And that is a virtual incident command post controller. Now this is a, an IT person who has full administrative rights administrative access to the platform. In both Zoom and in Microsoft Teams, many of the settings that give uh, access to guests are not available in the app. They're only available online in the admin console. And if you're looking around to see how do I give guests uh, permission to uh, start a meeting, you're not going to find it you have to be an admin user and you have to be logged in online. So this position is, is critical. And because there are so many participants who, because of their organization security infrastructure are not permitted to join other people's teams or, or log into their files, they're locked behind a firewall we need to be in a position to purchase licenses for those people once an event actually takes place. So instead of being, you know, Dan Smiley at chgms.com, if I'm, you know, working on a, a Columbia Pacific biorefining event, uh, I might be D Smiley at, uh, you know, cber.com or whatever. 
that would be my identity for the, the course of the event. Another piece that has been a stumbling block for us that, that we need to get our handle on is document signatures. We have to establish a process and we've done this in drills where it's been a kind of an ad hoc basis. We've said good enough, but it wouldn't have been good enough in a real event. On the Golden Ray and on a, a smaller event that I'm helping support in California, we're using DocuSign and it's pretty successful. And it's how I intend to go forward with WISMIC in the future. But to do that, you have to have an account set up in advance and understand what the process is going to be. And we're going to give that process to the documentation unit leader. You give them the document that needs to be signed. They get it up into DocuSign. They send out the signature request. They get the signed document back. They circulate it as appropriate. So, but we, we need to document that and, and perhaps even begin to put together a virtual command post process a document within the Northwest Area Contingency Plan. You need to establish your virtual command post early, not after the event has started. I've set up Wismic's next team in Microsoft Teams. I've called it Next Spill Event, and we've already invited key Osro members, a support staff, stakeholders, and even some regulators to that team so that they know that, hey, when we send up the flare, that's where we're gonna go while we're moving to set up a, an in-person command post and that the documentation sharing structure, the meeting structure that we set up there is what we're gonna continue forward with. And then lastly, people need to have some investments in how they're gonna join these meetings if, you are going to be remote. The hardware in, in a, a laptop is, is really not sufficient. You need a decent microphone. You're gonna need some lighting, uh, a camera that can work at 1080p or better. And then lastly, you need backup internet because the internet goes down. And, and I should know, yesterday I was doing some teaching and all of a sudden, boom, internet's gone. And I remember that there were some guys working outside. So I go outside and it turns out they're putting in a coax cable, a new internet connection to my neighbor's house. They're out there digging a hole with a ditch witch and they're standing there with the coax cable in two pieces. I'm like, hey, my internet's down. Is that, is that my internet cable? And they're like, uh, yeah, I think so. But fortunately I had a backup. I've got my... Skyroam that works on T-Mobile and Verizon and AT&T. And actually that's what I'm talking to you on now. I wouldn't be here now without backup internet. So that is what is required. So are we going to continue to do this? Yeah, we absolutely are in some form or another. So that's my two cents. Yes, we're going to continue to use all of these tools that we have developed, learned to use over the last year and a half going forward. And why wouldn't we? I mean, I used to do one a meeting a quarter with the WISMIC incident commanders, and now we do one on Zoom 
every month. We did our worst case drill in May and it went great. And there are so many positions that are well suited to remote support, especially those in logistics and finance that why wouldn't we keep doing that? And frankly, we're gonna keep using Teams in the command post, even if we're face-to-face, because the 213RR, the 215 process, the 214 individual log, the sharing of documents, the getting plans approved by the Unified Command, getting signatures, it's all so much more efficient to do it that way in Teams. So thank you for joining me for the tactics meeting. If you would like some help in putting together a Teams environment or a Zoom environment for your virtual command post, give me a call. We've got a lot of experience at it at this point. Uh, You can reach me at 206-495-3805. Until next time, stay safe.